Yeah. The guys on a Friday, yeah, it's Friday night. Yeah, TGI, yeah, yeah it's Friday night. Friday and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, chill, you always done. And we're gonna party up to the sun to mind. Yeah, it's fun time. Two guys on a Friday, it's a show tonight. We're about to hit the moon, it's a show tonight. And we're gonna have some fun in the show tonight. Big show, big fun on the show tonight. And it's time to hit it up, let the fun start Now I'm a bop, I'm a bop, I'm a bop on Let the beat start, and it's time to have fun Let the beat go, and it's time to have fun Fuck the show tonight, yeah I'm a bop, I'm a bop, I'm a bop on Fuck the show tonight, yeah, we're gonna bop on And we bop, I'm a bop, I'm a bop on Yeah, it's Friday night, fuck the show tonight it's Friday night, TGIF, yeah, it's Friday night. Two guys in a Friday, yeah, it's Friday night. Uh, yeah, it's Friday night. Yeah, it's Friday night. Yeah, it's Friday night. Welcome to week number 182 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Good morning, Steve. How's it going? It's going, man. Yeah, here too. Um Welcome, everyone. First timers, long timers, uh, middle timers. I don't know about the part, part timers. Yeah, middle timers. Probably part timers. Uh, you're here. You're listening to us talk about TGIF that we watched 30 years after it aired, like we do each and every single week. But before we get into that, uh, thanks to Guru for the theme song this week. Thank you, Guru. That was very kind of you. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to send in your own version of the theme song, you can do that. TGIFcast at gmail.com. And while you are doing that, uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast. And right now is an important time to be doing that because we've got GalaxyCon right around the corner. And we'll be letting you know exactly what we're doing on the show, what you need to watch, what you need to get ready for, and how you can come out there. And well, I mean, we can tell you that on the show, how to come out there. Yeah, I mean, it's only two weeks away, so just come to Richmond. Come to Richmond, Virginia. Come to the convention center. Saturday come night. Come see us on Saturday night. Yep. Um, I guess we'll talk Bye. probably more on the show next week of exactly maybe what we're doing. Um, I think we have an idea, but yep. we kind of need to talk a little bit and make sure that we're good with that. Yeah, yeah, that works. We'll talk next week about it, figure it out. Um, let's see. We do like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, the same week that these episodes would have aired back on ABC. Now these, uh, would have aired. What was the date back in 93? It would have been Friday, March 12th, 1993. I pulled two stories this week. Uh, first one is March the 7th, 1993. Uh, different strokes actor Todd Bridges was, uh, taken to jail and, uh, charged for, Stabbing a tenant of his building. Uh, later charges were dropped, so I guess that's something. But uh, he was getting his tenant out of the place, like kicking him out or whatever. The tenant pulled out a sword, tried to fight him with a sword, and then Todd Bridges grabbed a knife and stabbed him in the chest with the knife. He was uh, charged for uh, attempted murder, and uh, charges were later dropped, saying it was like a self-defense charge. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, it did. And uh, also this week, two days later, the uh, seventh annual Soul Train Awards. Uh, big winners included Michael Jackson and Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige in 93. Good for her. Yeah. What about uh, movies and music? What was number one this week? Uh, no change in the movie. It's still falling down. So that's just it's second and last week. We'll have a new movie next week. Uh, that's the Michael Douglas movie we mm-hmm. talked about last mm-hmm. week. Um Finally, though, a new song. Whitney oh. Houston has been dethroned. For good, uh, or is she coming back like next week? Uh, this song is is for good. I don't know if she has any other, okay, any okay. other hits this week or this year. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look, it looks like she is done for the year. Um, you know, number one song of the year, I Will Always Love You, had a good run. It, you know, if even if you add in the 1992, good run. She did well. Um, however, and this has got to be like at the tail end of the, this, the theatrical run of this movie, but... A whole new world. Peebo Bryce and Regina Bell, the pop version of the song from Aladdin. And, uh, hmm. It's number it's number one this week, and it only has one week at number one. We'll have a, an all new song next week, but I kind of think this is like the tail end of the Aladdin. Yeah, theatrical. that's interesting. Like, I wonder what it was that made it hit number one this week. Like, if there was probably some people sort of got book. sick of Whitney Houston. Did so. it come out on VHS this week? Probably not. 
No, I can't imagine that because it just came out at like the end of December, beginning of January. Yeah, the movie VHS did, is like so. a year later back then. Now it's like the back next then, day. Yeah. yeah, you can like pre-order it as soon as it comes out in the movie, in the movie theater nowadays. All right. Um, yeah, so whole new world. People, Bryson, Regina Bell. Any uh, and, birthdays uh, this week? Uh, no birthdays. No birthdays. Okay, so we'll get into it. Like we said, a little bit of a mix-up on our shows this week. I don't know how long it lasts yes. this way, but uh, we've got our two new shows that we watched the pilots for last week. Uh Getting by and where we live, so those are thrown in. Where and I then, live, where I live, where I live. What did I say? Where they live, where, where we live, where we, where live? we live, where I live. Yeah, it's where I live. Um, and then uh, we've got new episodes of Step by Step and Dinosaurs this week. That's pretty much the lineup. So Not in that order, but yeah, that's the gist. So Family Matters is in reruns. That's where they decided to put Getting By on this week. So this is season one, episode two. Uh, Men don't dance is the name of this episode, and it starts off with the phone ringing. Uh, we've got Marcus. We got Darren. They're in the living room. Uh, are they fighting over who's answering the phone? Is that what the fight's no, no, over? No, no, no. So here's what happens. And 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 in fairness to everybody, the quality of this episode in particular was this, the audio was pretty bad. The the video was okay. It wasn't great, uh, but the audio was was pretty bad. So it was hard to pick this up because there's a lot of back and quick back and forth here. But what happens is. Darren thinks that it's mom and he does not want to answer the phone because he doesn't want to talk to mom. He doesn't want mom to tell him to do something. He just wants to ignore it because he thinks it's mom. Marcus thinks it's a girl. So Marcus is trying to get to the phone to answer because he thinks that it's a girl calling for him. And obviously he wants to talk to the girl. So that's where this, this fight, this back and forth over the phone happens. Yeah. I think it even gets more confusing than that, but uh, they show them fighting over the phone. Then they show uh, Kathy and Dolores is like work. They're there. Right. We have a new set. Kathy's trying to call the kids from work, um, which is what Darren was assuming, right? Or no, it's the other mom, though. It's not Dolores calling. It's the uh, the girl's mom that's calling. It's right? still a mom, though. So he, Darren is essentially right that it is one of the moms calling to talk to the kids. And she's calling to check on because Julie, no, I'm sorry, Nikki, the older daughter, is supposed to be taking Julie, the younger daughter, to to ballet class so she's calling to make sure that that is in fact gonna happen yeah and kathy and dolores are just wondering like why no one's answering the phone and then like we well, said kathy is wondering why no one's answering the phone while dolores is like it's just the boys doing this they don't want to answer the phone they're not going to answer the phone but you have, if you keep calling if you keep calling they'll break and they will answer the phone and while this is going on uh nikki shows up she's supposed to be taking her her uh her sister to ballet sister. but she just shows up there and she's like oh i thought i was supposed to uh come here or something well, what she says is that she thought that her mom told her to come there to pick up a check to pay. I couldn't quite make out. What maybe she for was ballet or for. something. Maybe. maybe. Um, so that's why she is there to pick up this check and not at home to take Nikki to, or excuse me, Julie to dance class. Yeah. And Dolores is just like, just let the phone keep ringing. Eventually they're going to give in. One of them's going to answer it. Um, they show back at the house again. Darren is still not letting Marcus answer the phone. Um, and then we see Julie come downstairs wondering uh, why they're not answering the phone. She's like in her ballet gear trying to go there. And then eventually, this is where I got confused of like what was going on. Darren answers the phone as Darren's love shack, which I'm like, all right, if he knows it's a parent, why is he answering it like that? But no, no, no. Marcus answered the phone that way. I thought Darren answered the phone. No, no he does. Marcus... Doesn't he say Darren's love shack? No, Marcus does. Are you sure? And, yes. And Mark, he says Marcus's love shack. And then it's the mom. I really thought like, oh, Darren, Darren answered the phone. Darren, it's for you. I swear. I don't know. Do um, you have the kids backwards? Because Darren is the... Smart one. Yeah, although I think this episode is trying to set up a little bit different. But the smart one where Marcus is like the more bad boy one. Marcus definitely answers the phone and hands it to Darren. Okay. Yeah, I thought Darren answered it and handed it to Marcus. But uh, anyways, uh, Dolores tells them that they need to walk Julie to ballet. And that's kind of where we're going now. Yes. So... Uh, well, no, it makes sense though. If Darren answers the phone and hands it to Marcus and then Marcus is the one that has to take her to ballet, who does? Right. So, so I was confused at this point because I thought that Darren was talking to the mom and the mom told Darren to take Julie to ballet, but then Marcus ends up taking her. No, I think Darren answers but the phone. Marcus is like the girl crazy one. I don't know. Look, I don't know why he says Darren's love shack. That's why I was confused. But I wrote down in quotes Darren's love shack. 
Maybe you're right. Maybe I maybe I got him confused. It's confusing. The whole scene doesn't even make a lot of sense. But anyways, it, the the fact that it's really bad audio just makes the whole thing really confusing in general because it's just, you're we are like trying to just keep up with what they're saying, and so it it's all confusing. Yeah. So anyways, we have their theme song here. We come back, and now we're at this uh, ballet school. Uh, Marcus and Julie arrive, and Julie wants him to uh, go with her to meet the teacher. Is this Julie's first day of class? Is that uh, well, presumably because she says to him, "I've not, I haven't met my teacher yet. Can you stay until I meet the teacher?" Yeah. So then Lark Voorhees shows up, who uh, we all know, Lisa Turtle, Saved by the Bell. She's on this show. Apparently. So I mean, this is this is like I think she was one of the last people left to be on TGIF this this year. Did we get Screech? Saved by the Bell? No. Did we, we did get not. Slater? Okay, one of the last girls. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we got. I don't know if we got any. Did Mark Paul Gossler was he on that episode? I don't think so. Keith Keith knows. Um. All right. So we're at this class. Uh, Lisa Turtle shows up. I don't even know her name on the show. I just called her Lark or Lisa the entire Ta- time. Tasha. Tasha. Her name is Tasha. And uh, Marcus like immediately asks her out. Like just slides over to her and like asks her out. And uh, she's, oh yeah. And she's like, uh, no, well, she's kind of like on the fence, but she's like, it sure would be nice, though, to have a guy in class with us. And then uh, he kind of seizes in at that point. Spoiler alert. We do get a Dustin Diamond appearance soon. Oh, soon, you said, too. Soon. All right. Don't tell me what show. I'm going to guess. I I won't. It's probably not dinosaurs. Um, (laughs) So we probably go to a commercial or something here. Marcus is uh, starting his class. He's jumped right into this thing. Um, and well, he's... well, what she tells him is like, oh, are you in the class? And he's like, yeah, I'm in the class. She's like, great. It's glad that we have a, a guy in the class so we can do some lifts. And he's like, what am I going to be lifting? And she's like, me. And he's like, sold. All right. I will stay as long as I need to. So yeah, he starts doing this these uh, lifts with Lisa Turtle and uh, the teacher is like, all right, Marcus, are you going to stay in class kind of thing? If you do, we really need a guy. I'll even give you free tuition if you do. So he's like, all right. I mean, if it gets me closer to Lisa Turtle, I'm in. I mean, he as unabashedly admits that like he is there for, for her. Yeah, 100%. Um, Julie's excited because, uh, Marcus is in her class now and, um, he does make a little deal with a Julie saying that, uh, he does not want her to tell anyone that he's doing ballet because he's going to be a little embarrassed if anyone finds out. Yeah. Cause she's really excited that he's in the class with her. So she wants to tell everybody. And so he's like, no, you have to keep this a secret. And I tell you what, man, she is, she is thick and thin. She's down for it. Julie keep is. that secret. Julie, yeah. yeah. Julie is. Julie is the kind of friend you need in life. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, so um, as this is going on, like you see uh, Marcus go over and talk to some of the girls in the class, and then Kathy and Dolores show up um, halfway through the class. Kathy's there with her video camera. She wants to film uh, Julie in her class. I guess it's her first ever class, like we said. And uh, they go in. um, Kathy's kind of like blinding everyone with the bright light on the video camera. This old school video camera. Yeah. They don't even see Marcus who, um, well, he's like behind behind this group of girls. Like he sees them come in and kind of like ducks down. Yeah. And when they're not looking, uh, he runs and dives and jumps <laughs> out the window to the, uh, outdoors. It was a good jump. Yeah. It was a good jump. Um, so next scene, um, We've got uh, the two moms and the two girls watching uh, Kathy's old ballet videos when she was a kid. Do you think that was actually her? I bet it was. Oh, you know, I, I didn't think about that, but that would have been fun. And I bet you I bet you you're right. I bet you it probably was her as a kid. Uh, Marcus uh, comes down, uh, says he's going to go shoot some hoops. And um, Dolores is kind of questioning him because he's been gone a lot. He's been kind of just like leaving and stuff. So. She doesn't know that he's actually doing ballet, but she thinks there's something going on more than just going to play basketball. Right, right. So, um, Darren comes down. Yeah, Darren comes down and he's got a pair of black ballet tights in his hand. And he's like, he's got a mystery solved. Yeah, he's like, look what I found under Marcus's bed. And, uh, Darren starts to like question Marcus and, uh, she uh he says he knows what's going on and then well uh, real quick though this is where julie really like gets ride or die right here because julie is like oh no no those are my those are my tights and her mom takes them and picks them for kathy like holds them against her and they're the size of her like there's long yeah she she's like oh i like them baggy (laughs) 
she tries real hard though to cover for for Marcus. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, what Marcus does to cover up that he's going to uh, ballet is uh, he says that he's joined the marching band. At well, school. Marcus does not say that. What Darren assumes that Darren's like, I know what the truth is. You have joined the marching band, which I don't know where he got that from, except for the only thing that like is remotely. Do they wear tights in marching band? Maybe. No, I don't think so. But he does. He's like, I found these tights. You know, you've been out, you know, and he's like, you've been walking around with blisters on your feet. That's, I guess, kind of marching band style. And I found a a classical CD in your CD player, which I, I guess is kind of marching band, even though it's not so. They don't really do classical music. They do like, you know, American standards or or whatever. Uh, big band music. And so his his assumption is like really off base. But it kind of starts to change Mark or Darren a little bit in my mind. Whereas in the pilot episode, he's like total nerd, real smart guy. And in this episode, they kind of make him like a smart, dumb guy. Like he thinks he's smarter than he is, but yeah. he's really kind of like making a lot of dumb statements, a lot of dumb assumptions. Yeah, I mean, so. he seems a little bit different. I'm sure like that was the pilot that was done well before sure, sure, the sure. second episode and stuff too. So sure, they probably made sure, some absolutely. changes. Um, but yeah, Marcus sees this as his out to like not get caught doing ballet. So he's like, oh yeah, I'm in the marching band. I play the tuba or the trombone, the thing that goes like this. And uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but (laughs) Dolores thinks it's great that he's joined the marching band. Yeah, everyone does. So back at the ballet school, um, we see Marcus practicing, um, and, uh, don't know. He's doing a good job. He's doing well. Yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, the teacher comes over and this is where Marcus discovers that, eventually he's going to have to perform in front of people. This isn't just going to be inside of the class. Like they do shows, they do uh, rehearsals and stuff. So yeah, they have a recital coming up like in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't want to do it, but he does find out that uh, he's going to be beast and beauty and the beast. So he gets to wear a mask the whole time. So he kind of has a cover up going on. Yeah. He's, he's a lot more comfortable with that. Yep. And then we skip uh, to one week later and uh, we're at the recital and Kathy's We're not there. at the recital quite yet. No? No, we're, for, we're at the house. And oh, Julie, the or house. Kathy is Kathy is filming Julie coming down the stairs That's right. to get ready Getting to Getting ready. That's right. Blah, and blah, then, blah, blah. Marcus comes down and he is like, I can't go. I'm sick. I got to stay home. And, and Dolores is like, yeah, get some rest. Take a bath. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you when we're home. And then everyone goes off to the dance, leaving Marcus at home to rest. And then we see Marcus like dash upstairs because he knows that he has to change and also get over to the uh, ballet recital. Right, right. So now we're at the recital. Um, Kathy's filming the show. Um, the girl, the little girls start off. They're all doing their little dance and everything. Julie's in there. Um, and then uh, the big part of the show is when uh, Lisa Turtle and Marcus come out and they do their parts. Um Marcus lifts her up like 10 times in 30 seconds. I feel like, I don't know if that's actually part of the uh, dance, but whatever, that's what they're doing. And then uh, they finish up the teacher. Thanks everyone for coming. And then she uh, wants to give a special thank you uh, for their newest dancer, Marcus. She doesn't say Marcus. She just removes his beast helmet. He tries to fight it. She rips the helmet off of his, or the mask off of his head. Yep. And reveals that Marcus is underneath to everyone's surprise. And uh, Kathy goes over and tells him how great he was. Dolores is just real confused about everything that was going on. And well, everybody uh, is really confused. Yeah. Yeah. And Marcus explains uh, why he did it and uh, why, well, why he didn't tell them, I guess, really. And then, well, he does tell her straight up, like, I did it to meet a girl and I didn't want anybody to find out that I was doing ballet. Yeah, because he thinks it's not manly is what he says at this point. And uh, she tells him, well, there's nothing unmanly about it. You're still like being athletic and jumping around and lifting people. And uh, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. But she's also like manliness is on the inside. You know, what's Mm -hmm. on the outside is not doesn't define you being a man. And trust me, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yep. And then we see another conversation going on with Julie and her mom. And Julie tells her mom that she hates ballet and wants to do karate instead. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, then Marcus and uh, Lisa Turtle talk a little bit. He uh, and then she, what what happens here? Like so, uh, Marcus is like goes up to her and he's like, "Look, now the recital's over. I'm I'm gonna quit class. I'm not gonna do this anymore." And she's like, "That's fine." He's like, "I hope we can still hang out." And she's like, "That's fine. I have other interests. I like Japanese flower arrangements. I like opera, and I like um, I'm a drum majorette." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, um, "Oh, well, I play the tuba and like makes the trombone motion or something." And right, 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 right. Yeah. 
Uh, that's it for the main part of the episode. We do have a credit scene with uh, Kathy filming Julie in her uh, karate outfit. She's already into karate. Um, Darren uh, is teasing Marcus about ballet, and they're chasing each other around the kitchen. And then uh, Kathy, uh, what does she do? Like tells Julie to like do some moves or something, like filming her, like do some moves for the camera. And then Julie does this right. like spin kick and knocks her mom out and breaks the camera. It's the camera. We get the whole like cracked screen looked so bad. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, but that's this, it. this whole time. I mean, they they keep that whole. We talked about it last week. They keep the whole like, like weird intros and outros into scenes, and this is kind of the same. I'm gonna say technology or like methodology that they're using. Yeah, I guess. Um, but that's it. That's uh, getting by. Is that what it's called? Getting by. Uh, we go to 8:30, which is our normal slot for step by step season two, episode 20. Uh, ah, no way to treat a lady. That's the name of this episode. Yeah, this week though, it's really weird. like almost every episode has the same kind of themes. It's all about like, like dudes after girls or like coming of age in some way. It, all the, it's, it's every International Women's very, Day. Everyone's celebrating. I guess. I mean, it's very thematic this week. So uh, we start off this episode with uh, Dana, Frank, and then JT comes into the kitchen as well. JT is uh, telling his dad that he met the girl of his dreams in detention. And uh, they kind of talk about it. so much in common. Yeah. uh, We hear motorcycle sounds, and he's like, oh, it must be Gina. And then he lets her in, and uh, I wrote down that she says yo a whole lot. She's like, yo, dad, yo, JT, yo. And then uh, I think uh, they kind of repeat back to her yo gina and uh then we get uh also she's like wearing a leather jacket she's kind of like i don't know like, yeah, biker, she's chick like a girl. biker chick in high school you know makes fun normal. of dana a little bit uh yeah her and dana have, have go back and forth dana's like oh you must be in the other part of school with the barbed wire and i can't remember what she says to dana but she makes fun of dana well this is our uh this is where i wrote down our, our diss of the week something i wanted to start doing on the show <laughs> where we just oh, this uh, is the one where we just have, I mean, it always happens. Like in every show, like either yeah, 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 yeah. Steve getting dissed on by somebody or Robbie or. But this is one the one of, you've cho- that you chose as the best one of the week. This is the diss of the week. So I think we just play them and then don't even comment on them. We just play them, kind of. Uh, or we could save them for the end of the episode and say diss. So of here's the week. here's know. the problem. Here's yeah. the problem. Here's the problem. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna need you to help me because I can't. When you played the audio from the show, I can't hear it. So I don't remember what the diss of the week was. Okay. I need your help in reminding me content. Well, that's what I'm saying. So should we do it like when it comes up in the episode or should we just save it for like the end of the episode and say, here's this week's diss of the week and then just hit it and then be done with it? I think we do it in the episode so that people will have to listen. So all you listeners will have to like stay tuned to listen to each segment to figure out which which one has the diss of the week. So we'll like rank the episodes and then we'll play the diss of the week and then be done pretty no, much. No, that's the exact opposite of what I just said. I thought you said to the end. No, no, in the episode, like in the episode. Like, oh, in the middle of it, you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. like right now, like, like, like you just said. All right, so here's this week's diss of the week. Hey, good one. You're pretty funny. Thanks. But with a face like that, I guess you'd have to be. Oh! And then I'm not going to say anything because because <laughs> I didn't write down exactly what they said. I just recorded the audio for it. <laughs> that was cold. That was that was harsh. That was cold. Yeah. I was thinking. I was hoping to be the one. I think I can't remember if it was in Getting By or or Where I Live, where it's like so, someone wanted to date you. Like their number would have to be nine one one. I don't know something about you'd have to call nine one one if somebody wanted to date you. We'll work on the segment. We'll figure out how to work. But uh, <laughs> we go to our theme song. We come back uh, right where we left off. Too, we're still in the kitchen. Um, JT and Dana or JT and Gina go off for some uh, for some burgers, and then uh, Al gets home and she looks real sad. Um, yeah, principal set her home with uh, with a pink letter which means that you got in trouble or something and you got a, a demerit i'm not quite sure how demerit systems work in school yeah but apparently it. she's been skipping gym and frank knows something's up because gym is her favorite class and uh she's like well dad i can't talk to you it's really embarrassing i need a bra yeah and then he runs into the runs salon to, to the carol. salon goes and grabs carol and uh i guess she's gonna handle it so next scene we've got uh Cody getting home, 
with you two tickets for JT front row. Front row. Too. Yeah. Yeah. This is the second time he's gotten her. He's gotten him like front row tickets to a concert. Um, there was a lot going on how he got these tickets, but uh, the... well, it's a good story. Cause yeah. So he's like, Oh, I know one of their top roadies, Kyle. And like, Oh, JT's so Kyle like, got him for you. He's no, like, well, not no, really. no. And then he snuck it. He found out where they were rehearsing and snuck in and went up to ask Bono. Oh, so you got him right from Bono. Bono. No, no. I got kicked out. And when I woke up in the hospital, one of the orderlies was selling the tickets. So that's where I got him. We just bought him from her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he's got these tickets. Uh, Gina shows up. Cody meets Gina for the first time. I thought we were going to have some sort of like story where Gina likes Cody kind of thing. But we've done that before on here, right? Well, yeah. But I mean, that doesn't stop them from doing it again. Yeah. So Cody goes outside to check out Gina's bike. Uh, and then Gina tells JT that she can't go to U2 because she's going to fail this class. And unless she uh, passes her test, she's not going to be able to go. In walks Mark. JT gets the well, idea. Well, there's a funny line here where where, Jean, Mark, where uh, JT's like, well, who, who, do, you know, who do you know that can help you? And she's like, I don't know. You're the smartest person I know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, in walks Mark. And JT immediately knows Mark's going to be uh, the Mark's one. The Put Mark in, study with her. She'll pass, then they can go to the concert. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then we have uh, the next scene with Karen looking at, who knows, some sort of magazine, comparing herself to all the models and stuff. She's like, prettier, not a prettier, prettier. We're the same. Like, just back and forth through every single yeah. one of the pictures. Uh, Carol comes down. We have, you know... Karen has not been in these episodes a lot recently. Like um, everything she's done has been real quick. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last three she hasn't been because she was barely in the Hawaii episodes, mm-hmm. and then she's barely she's barely in this episode. But then we've had a couple, like the mother daughter dance where she was like the main person, and the one about uh, they went to Chicago. I mean, yeah. There's been a, she's had a couple where she's been the focus. I guess but it's just re- just recently she has not. Been. Yeah. The last few she has not so much. So. Um, Carol comes in. She's looking for Al. Um, Al gets home, and Carol goes to talk to her about this whole bra thing, and eventually they determine that uh, she's going to take her bra shopping. Yes. Yeah, because Carol's like, we should do more mother-daughter stuff. You know, we should... I'm here to I'm here to be your mom for you. Yeah. Um, a little later, uh, we see JT getting home, and uh, Mark and Gina are studying in the kitchen. And JT, I mean... He's kind of being a dick to to Gina. Like, I guess this is what he thinks women like, or at least that what Gina likes. But she's like, "Oh, can you get me I, a drink or something?" He's like, "Oh, go I get don't it think yourself. either of those are no? really. I think really he's just so he's just a dumb boy. I just don't think he knows how to be polite to a, a girl or be just generally polite to anybody. I think he's just a dumb boy. I mean, she's just like acting like pretty much that she's one of the, his siblings like the same way that yeah, he would act around exactly. them like I don't think he's intentionally being mean to her or being like means to be rude to her he just that's how he acts because he's a you know teenage boy who's you know acts like that to everybody yeah so while he's kind of acting like this to her Mark sees what's going on and uh, flips the script and is like super courteous to her like uh, complimenting her getting her a drink saying that JT shouldn't treat her that way and Gina seems to really like it. Like, she likes this uh, newfound attention. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Mark even calls JT selfish at this point. It uh, looks like the two of them are going to start fighting. Gina defends Mark, ends up kissing him on the cheek, and leaves, leaving uh, Mark and JT alone, where Mark knows that he's in big trouble now. Well, and she tells JT on the way out, she's like, I don't want to see you again until you can treat me more like Mark. So next scene, we've got JT and Mark wrestling in the kitchen. I think uh, JT's got Mark in a headlock. Frank, I, I would say more, yeah, like JT is choking out Mark in the kitchen. I think Brendan comes in first, right? And like doesn't even like make a, doesn't even. Yeah, I think he just goes and sits at the table, right? And just starts doing his thing. Yeah, and then Frank and Carol come over. Frank just kind of ignores it as well. But Karen's like, we've got to break them up and like <laughs> starts breaking them up. Uh, and JT tells them that Mark stole his girlfriend. And, and Frank's like, wait, what? Yeah. So Carol's like, all right. So takes Mark upstairs. The two of them go upstairs. And then JT tells his dad what happened. And Frank says, women like it when you're a gentleman. They like when you do things like that. And uh, JT's like, oh, they do? And this is where he starts to realize that maybe he needs to make some changes. Yeah, exactly. So um, a little bit later, we've got a scene with JT apologizing to Mark for uh, what he did earlier. And uh, he also asks him for a favor. 
he says that he wants Mark to teach him how to act like a gentleman so he can get back in good graces with Gina. Mark's game. Uh, Mark suggests uh, we probably need to do like some like role-playing exercises. So maybe you can get Dana or Karen downstairs and uh, I can show you like how you should be treating a woman. And he's like, no way. Um, and Mark says, well, then who are we going to get in walks Cody? Perfect. And JT's like, would you be my woman? And Cody's like thrown off like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, we just need you to pretend that you're a woman so he can uh, learn how to act around women. He's like, oh, okay. So then they start. They do um, like some complimenting. And then uh, Mark wants uh, JT to escort Cody to the table. And uh, they embrace arms, walk to the table. I think JT sits down. He doesn't even know he should be pulling the chair out for uh, – for his date, Cody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're pretending to like sit at a restaurant, which is all we really see at this point. Yeah. And the moral of this is Mark, uh, JT's got a lot of work to do. Yep. Uh, next scene, we're at the diner. Uh, Gina's sitting at the bar. JT comes in. He's wearing like a suit with a nice, like a uh, long jacket. He's got flowers all in his hand. Up. Oh yeah. He uh, walks over to Gina. Uh, she's surprised to see him like that. He escorts her over to the table and uh, this whole thing seems to be creeping Gina out a little bit. Like, uh, she said this is what she wants, but I don't know if she wants it to this extreme. Well, and that's what she tells him. She's like, look, this is, you know, all I wanted you to treat me better. This is too much. We need, you need to find, there's a middle ground here. And that's what, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. She doesn't want him to be fake. She wants him to be sincere about it and just treat her nicer. And then, uh, and then he's like, oh, good. I'll take all this stuff off. And then she's like, oh, not yet. And grabs him by the tie and like kisses him in the diner. That's it. Um, then we go to... See you later, Gina. That's it? That's it. We don't ever see her again? No. Oh, man. Uh, we then go All to... that work for nothing. We then go to Carol and Al. They're bra shopping. They're in the department store. Uh, saleswoman comes over, tries to talk to him, ends up taking Al to the uh, dressing room to show her a couple brawls. Um, then Frank shows up. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't be embarrassed about taking out to brawl shop. I need to be here. This is a big experience. And uh, th- that's not what Al wanted. Al comes no. out of the dressing room. She's super embarrassed about Frank being there. And uh, Al and Frank, or she, she's like, Dad, let me talk to you in private. And then like walks over to the other side of the uh, department store with him. And she's like, Dad, I mean, it's great that you do all these things for me. But uh, some things might be better at this point if I do them with Carol. Yeah. Which is a big moment. I mean, that's that's a it big is, deal. I is. mean, Frank can't be upset about that. No, I think I think that, that shows a lot of growth from her as a as a as a child. So I think that's yeah. great. I think Frank's a little bit upset at first because he's like, Oh man, I really want to do these important things with you. But then she's like, Dad, I mean, I could really use your help though. I do need a new catcher's mitt. And he's like, Oh, of course. Right. I'll go downstairs and I'll get it. And of course, though, as he's leaving the department store, he needs to be real creepy and tell Carol that she she would look real good in the, that lingerie that's hung up over there. So Well, yeah, and there's also this whole like like Star Trek sex role playing thing that goes throughout this episode, and he makes, you know, a comment about that on the way out too. Yep. Uh, that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene with uh, Mark wanting lessons on how to be co- a cool dude from JT and Cody. And they teach him, oh, well, one thing you can do that's real cool is crushing cans on your head. And uh, <laughs> then both uh, JT and Cody take turns. They crush a soda can on their head. Mark grabs a soda can. He goes to smack himself on the head with it. Ends up knocking himself out. And he's passed out on the floor. And that's, that's the real <laughs> end of that episode. That's the end. That's the end. So in the nine o'clock slot, we've got Dinosaurs season three, episode 18, Dirty Dancing is the name of this one. And uh, it starts off, we've got Robbie. Robbie's sleeping in bed, but he's dreaming. He's dreaming of Caroline from school and he uh, starts dancing with her in the dream. And we learn that this is the mating dance, which uh, well, we knew this is the mating dance. We knew that from there's been an episode. There was an episode with Earl and Fran that have revolved around the mating dance. So if you're paying attention, you already knew that this was the mating dance. I was paying attention. The mate, this, this is the mating dance. We knew that. So, uh, he wakes up his, uh, his feet are just like spinning around. And, uh, I mean, I guess this is the equivalent of like a wet dream is what they're going dream for. Or like waking up with a boner. Yeah. yeah. I, there's a, this, this entire episode is just, 
pure innuendo from like beginning to end. Yeah. So you kind of can take it how, however far or not far as you want to. So then we have uh, him at school. Uh, he's talking to Spike about what happened with the dream and everything. And uh, Spike's telling Robbie, well, he's ready. Uh, that dream is your body telling you that you're ready. And uh, then Caroline comes over. Robbie's feet start spinning around. He starts doing the mating dance in the middle of the class. And uh, everyone is making fun of him while he's doing it. And, and I think it's important to note that he's this is all involuntarily. Like, he is not intentionally doing the mating dance. He just can't control his body from doing the mating dance. Yeah, which I guess is like just getting a boner in the middle of class when you see something or something. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, so like the mating dance is sex, but then it's also like not quite. It's like it's it's a little back and forth, I guess. Like I said, it's all in your window. So you at some points you can, you kind of understand like what they're trying to get to, and other points it's like clearly they're talking about sex. There's a lot of like shades of gray of where like what the extent is to what they're talking about. Yeah, and Frank try or uh, Spike tries to call calm uh, Robbie down by saying, "Oh, I don't think anyone noticed," but obviously the entire class everyone noticed. noticed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, theme song, we come back to Earl watching TV and all of the shows now are just about uh, da- like dads not doing Dumb their dads. job. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's pretty much just showing Earl on TV. It's what it seems like. And then Baby says, don't have a cow, man. Yep, uh, Baby drops some Bart Simpson and then uh, Charlene comes in and tells her mom, I think she says it was like the best day of her life, which I think she said a few times because anytime Robbie gets embarrassed <laughs> at school, it's a good day for right. uh, Charlene. But yeah, yeah, and she tells she tells the parents what happened here too. Yep, and Fran tells Earl um, that maybe we need to do something about this. Maybe we you need to go talk to your son, or we should. Well, go talk I was to say she specifically something. says like you need to have this conversation as his father with him. Um, it's important that you talk to him about. This. Earl's like, no, that's not how you handle this type of thing. You just ignore it. Boys will figure it out. That's what my parents did, and uh, we don't need to do anything. But Fran is worried about it and still thinks that they need to talk to Robbie. Yes. And baby's like, what are you guys talking about? Is this where they say spoons or spoons later? Uh, you know, I don't know. Didn't make a note At some that. point they tell him just, we're talking about spoons. And then baby just always says spoons whenever uh, they get into the talk <laughs> again. But Robbie comes in and uh, no one's talking about it. And we're, they're going with Earl's approach to start things off. Just ignore it and see what happens. But Charlene uh, mentions just the word Caroline and uh, Robbie starts uh, go- start dancing. Yep. Starts going into the mating dance. He uh, quickly exits the room while he's dancing and Earl continues to ignore it while Robbie dances into the living room. But uh, friends like Charlene grab the baby, go upstairs and uh, we need to talk to Robbie. So uh, yeah. Um, the next scene, we've got Fran at school and, um, she's talking to the science teacher. She's like, we really need to talk to the kids about this kind of thing, because if we don't do it, I mean, what's going to happen? How are they going to learn about it? What there's, there's danger in it. And, uh, the teacher's like, well, I like to go by, if we don't teach it, then they don't do it. And, uh, (laughs) and if we don't, uh, if we don't teach them and they do do it, then it's not our fault because we didn't teach them about it. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, we go to, I guess, the next well, day in class. Well, the thing, the thing, too, he says is like, hey, even if we did want to teach us, like, how, how are we going to find somebody? Nobody wants to talk about this. Like, we just can't find somebody to teach it. And I think we all know where that's going to go. Yep. So we're at class now. The teacher's telling the class that they're going to learn about the mating dance in class. And everyone's like, what? We are? And then he's like, and we have a uh, guest teacher walks in Fran. Right. So Fran starts like kind of giving a speech about the mating dance and like it's like, I don't know, just how it's important to do it with someone that you love kind of stuff. Like, you know, the talk that you'd get and uh, also mentions that uh, she's got a video for them to watch about um, some of the dangers involved. An old, an old Navy instructional video. Yep. From like when, like, oh, I guess the date doesn't matter. Cause it's- well, yeah, but I mean, in, in like people terms, it, this would have been, these were instructional videos from like the forties and fifties that they used to show all the time that were, had some crazy images. In yeah. There. Like 40, 50, 60 years out of date of what they would normally be of what right. people know at that point in time. Yeah. But these videos, like, do you know what, like these videos are based, like this is based on a 
on a type of video from back in the day where really what the intention was, was they to, show like just like penises with STDs yeah, on them and right like, like gross it was to stuff. scare yeah to scare dudes about syphilis and gonorrhea and all like other all the STDs that you could get and by showing like graphic images and videos of dudes whose penises were like hanging off because of of how bad they had syphilis yeah was, and i think crazy they did a pretty good job making this funny here because oh, yeah. the video yeah. is like uh showing a guy dancing and like talking about the importance of uh wearing protective footwear and right. uh breaking his leg pretty much while he's uh dancing and the whole class is like grossed out by it and everything so exactly it's exactly good. yeah um so she stops the video when it gets a little too intense and uh she's like all right we're going to do it this way. And then she like pulls down the chart from above and it's just like the foot plan of like the mating dance on like how to do the dance. Right. And, um, she does explain though that, uh, it's not just the dance that's important. There's a lot of like feeling and emotion that goes along with it. And then she like tries to ask uh, around the class if anyone wants to speak on that. And, uh, no one's saying anything. And then she of course calls on the only person that she knows that call on Robbie. Yeah, and we don't. She makes it real uncomfortable. Yeah, we don't see exactly what she asks him or what was said by Robbie, but uh, we know it didn't go very well because the next scene is uh, Fran and Robbie getting home. Robbie says it was the worst day of his life. Earl kind of laughs and says that uh, he was right (laughs) that they should have just ignored it. And then Earl turns on the TV and it's just another show about uh, dads not knowing what to do. And well, it's just like Earl. Well, but and these shows start to get very get more specific. They start showing like small clips from the show, and they're very specific to kind of Earl's situation. Because this one, the the father sitting on the couch doing nothing, and the son runs by and he is on fire, and the mom's like, maybe we should do something to help him, and the dad's like, no, he'll be fine. He'll figure it out on his own. Um, and the kid runs off screen on fire. So very akin to what's going on with Robbie. Yeah, so Robbie says that he needs to get all the stuff off of his mind, so he goes upstairs, turns on the TV uh, in his room, and everything on the TV is about, like, women and, like... Girls, girls, girls. Yeah, I mean, even a 1-900 commercial pops up on the screen, and uh, Robbie immediately starts doing the mating dance in the middle of the room, and while he's doing it, of course, Fran walks in. Right. She sees him doing it, and uh, she tries to say, there's nothing that you need to be embarrassed about, Robbie. But of course, he's like, totally. I mean, this is like the mom walking into a kid masturbate. Yeah. Um, So the next scene is Robbie talking to Spike about what happened, and Spike tells him, uh, well, you're at this point now where you need to make a decision. You either wait a few years, you do the mating dance with someone that you really like a whole lot, or you just get it done, and I know where we can get it done tonight for just... uh, Dollar a dance. Dollar a dance. So yeah. Uh, one more scene before we get there. Uh, Fran, she's uh, she's worried because nighttime. Robbie hasn't come home, and uh, she's telling Earl that Earl really should have talked to him. And then uh, they show more TV where again it's just exactly like Earl. Like yeah, in this case, the kid who was on fire has now jumped into the river, and the mom's like you know, little Timmy just jumped in the river and, and the dad is like, well, that's great. The fire is going to be put on. She's like, but he doesn't know how to swim. So again, the kid going to find his own way to solve the problem, but doesn't know what he's getting himself into. So Earl's like, I'm going on a walk. And, uh, we go over to, uh, Spike and Robbie. They are, did this place have a name? You know, there was some, there was some neon in the back, but I feel like we never got a good shot of it, but it was kind of like a brothel, but really like a dance hall kind of, place i don't i don't know then i didn't pick up on the name yep uh i just called it the mating dance club and uh two yeah, women sure. immediately go after uh robbie and spike when they come in they seem to have no, to know spike like this isn't his first time there and uh one of them takes robbie off to the side and uh starts dancing with robbie yeah, I will say that this dinosaur is played as her name is Shelly. It's played by Conchata Farrell, who I don't know if you know, but she was uh, Berta in Two and a Half Men, which was a pretty big role. She was like the housekeeper, like the nanny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yep. and a Half Men. Yep. So I just wanted to bring this is the only episode she's in. And I feel like a lot of people know her from Two and a Half Men. She was, that was a pretty popular show. Yep. So they start doing the mating dance and uh, pretty quickly into it. Robbie stops her and says he can't do it. This isn't right for him. Right. Uh, at this point too, Earl comes in, he arrives at the mating dance club and, uh, sees Robbie and, uh, goes and talks to him. And he's like, 
yeah, I knew this is where you were coming. And uh, just want to let you know you're not alone and uh, I can help you out and uh, give you some advice if you need it kind of thing. And you should probably just take up sports to get all your energy out. Yeah, just take up sports. That's where you should do it. And uh, they talk about doing the mating dance at the right time. Uh, Robbie's glad that his dad came to talk to him. And then uh, says something here. He's like, well, I don't know everything, but maybe your mom can give you some tips. And if she does, uh, tell me about them too or something like that. <laughs> right, right about – yeah, I can't remember exactly – it was something more about the maintenance, but yeah, that was, it was a funny joke about, you know, whatever she tells you, let tell, me know. Tell me. <laughs> Which so, I, I feel like we had heard that joke before. Um, I don't know if it was on dinosaurs or maybe a step-by-step joke, but uh, I feel like we've heard that before. Yeah, probably. Uh, one last show this week. This is your 930 for this week at TGIF. Uh, Where I Live, season one, episode two. Uh, one Dead Mother is the name of this episode. I got real worried when they had that one. But, yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's quite the... Quite the episode. Quite the song. Starts off, say. Doug's listening to Kill Your Mother by the Plain Brown Rapper. That's the uh, song, and it's literally the lyrics are, kill your mother if she tries to make you eat broccoli. If she tells you to eat broccoli. Kill if your she mother. Clean, tells you to clean your closet. Kill your mother. Yeah, and of course, while he's listening to this, his mom walks in. Uh, she's blown away by the lyrics, and uh, Doug's trying to uh, defend it, saying that uh, it's not... It's not what's being it's said. Meta- it's it's a metaphor. Or it's, yeah, yeah, it's a metaphor for you know authority and 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 standing up against authority. And she's like, "You need to throw that CD away." And he's like, well, "You can't tell me what music I can and cannot listen to. I can make my own decisions on that." And then she takes the CD and throws it out the window. Yeets. Well, first though, he's like, "Fine, I'll make sure you never hear it in this house again." He puts on headphones. Uh, you know, obviously still listen to the song and she, then she takes it and she throws it out the window. Yeah. And obviously he gets real upset at the same time too. Uh, his dad gets home. Uh, Doug's trying to get his dad to step in about with this whole argument that's going on. But, uh, his mom's angry. His dad doesn't really know what's going on. And, uh, Doug is still trying to say that it's just a song. It's not like, I don't know, written specifically to her. Like he's not trying to kill his mom or something like that. Yeah. And there's a whole piece here, too, where Marie, who is the mom, is trying to say, like, I can handle this. Let me handle this. Mm -hmm. James, the dad, let me don't you don't need to get involved. I'll take care of it. Um, And she's like, go in the kitchen, read your paper and I'll handle this. And it it all kind of like blends together. And so she ends up getting a a little upset that that he doesn't let her handle it because it, it kind of takes away her power over the kids, per se. Yeah, and I think Doug does he like he walks out of the whole apartment at this point too, just leaves, right? Yeah, yeah. He kinda he gets mad and leaves leaves the apartment. And that's when they that's when the mom and dad, Marie and James, argue about who should you know, be handling him. this kind of thing. Or so not so much that, but just that she she doesn't feel like she has authority in the house because he doesn't let her handle things in a way that she needs to. Yeah, and then she walks out upset as well. So that's where we yeah. get to the theme song. We come back to uh Doug and Malcolm and Reggie. Uh, all kind of talking about what happened, and Doug says that he wants to be treated uh, by uh, not just like a kid. He wants to be treated like an adult because uh, yeah. he feels like he has one. And then uh, he's a teenager. Kwanzi comes in. He's got a nose ring. We find out it's just his mom's clip-on earring. He's trying to act <laughs> tough and uh, they show that he can uh, take pain because he's trying to impress Sharon still. Yes, that is what happens. And then uh, Doug, uh, I think this is... Yeah, this is like we go up into the apartment now. I think right. We go back up. We go back up into the up into the apartment. Yeah, and we've got Doug and the other two guys, Reggie, and Malcolm, up there. And uh, Doug's giving away all the stuff that he feels like his mom might find offensive. Like, here, take these. Uh, take well, this he's kind of like parsing it out to like, hey, hold on to this and keep it safe, so my mom doesn't make me get rid of it until she gets over. Oh, uh, so she's like, hold it. Okay, I, that's what right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, while they're looking through. Uh, all this stuff that he's giving them to hold on to, they find this uh, this book, and it's about a play, and they flip the pages, and they see a whole bunch of naked people, and then Doug realizes, oh no, that's my mom, and she's naked in this book. Right, one of them is his mom. So Doug quickly kicks the two of them out. <laughs> um, Sharon walks in, his sister, and she sees Sharon, the book. Yeah, Sharon. Yeah, she has a lot of weird roles in this episode where she just kind of like pops in, says a couple things, and then like leaves. Like that's her role is to be like, just kind of say a couple things and then get out. Yeah, they talk about the uh, the book real quick. Sharon talks about how she's proud of it. She thinks it's great that her mom stood up for something because I mean this this play has some sort of like uh, yeah, it was hair. Hair's a really I don't know the play. story of hair or anything. 
I don't know. I don't know. The, so I don't know the actual like plot line of hair, but I know thematically that it is. I mean, it's a really famous play from the seventies, late sixties. Um, you know, like they say in the in the show, it's it's about peace and about kind of taking a stand for for what's right. And the play was done and done nude, like everybody was naked in the play. So yeah, so. Sharon's just like saying how she's proud of it. Doug is uh, Doug's worried though because he thinks his dad's gonna freak out if <laughs> he's uh, like, how do we tell dad if his dad finds out that his mom was in this when what 20, 30 years ago, whenever it was. I don't know yeah. how long ago it was. So the next scene is Doug telling his dad, and his approach is to try to tell him slowly, not to uh, just unleash it all at once. But uh, his sister kind of ruins that and says something, but. Uh, he tells his dad what he found. His dad laughs, and he's like, I knew about that. I was in the front row for every performance of that show. <laughs> That's how I met your mom. And uh, Doug seems to be the only one in the family that's offended or upset about this whole discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I got to say, I thought Dougie, I'm gonna, we're gonna get, I'm going to get this wrong the entire time. It's Dougie Doug, right? Not Dougie Fresh. No, you're right. Dougie, Dougie Doug. Fresh is the rapper, and Dougie Doug is a comedian. So Dougie Doug is, I think he's hilarious in this show. And and this episode uh, in particular, like the way the way that he like is talking back and forth with his dad here, the way that he talks back and forth with his mom in the multiple scenes, like it's just really funny. It's it's really good stuff. Um, no, I agree. Um, he's good. So the next yeah. scene is um, well, there's nothing. We haven't gotten to the next scene yet. Dad knows. Dad, dad now like yeah, of course I knew. I was. Then his mom walks in, right? Scene. And then his mom walks in. Um, and Doug is like, how could you do this? Didn't, weren't you even thinking about me when you did this? Obviously he wasn't even close to being born yet. Um, and, and kind of says like, and, and then he kind of storms out mad that she, she did this at which point none of the kids are there. And the, the parents again are now the mom's like, well, how did he get this? This was in a box in the back of our closet. And the dad was like, I know it took me two hours to figure out where it was and find it and, and pull it out. Yeah. And then, uh, she's complaining about, uh, the way that Doug reacted to it. And his dad mentions, uh, well, like, uh, you kind of re- reacted the same way. At least he didn't, at least he didn't throw the book out the window. He does make the parallels. There's also this whole thing where the dad keeps trying to tell the mom, like he just sees you or well, she's like, he just sees me as the person who cooks and cleans and that's it. And he's like, well, I'm trying to show him that there are other sides of you and that you're more than just this, you know, housekeeper that, that you're a, a human who has done things and accomplished things. Yeah, so then we go to Doug uh, complaining to Reggie Malcolm about the new argument that happened, and uh, Kwanzi comes over once again. Now he's got a diamond nose stud, so they're like, oh, man. And uh, he <laughs> thinks he's going to impress Sharon once again, but Sharon comes over, rips it off his nose, finds out that it was just— She doesn't rip it off. He rips it off. He rips uh, it off. Because well, what happens she is, says is, it's is like, he's like, how do you like me. it? Yeah, he's like, how do you like it? I'm, aren't I tough? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I would never date a man who mutilates, mutilates their nose. And he's like, it's just super glue. And he rips it off and his screams. Yeah, so she's not impressed still. So yeah. uh, then we go to uh, Doug, who hears the song, like uh, the Kill Your Mother song is playing. So they walk yeah. they walk towards the music and they see uh, two younger kids dancing on top of a picnic table to the song. And uh, then he gets a little upset. He's like, man, these kids shouldn't be listening to this music. Well, yeah, this is a bit heavy handed, in my opinion. This is a bit over the top. But he's like, do you even know what that means? And like, no, we don't know what it means. We just think it sounds fun. And he's like, you shouldn't listen to it if you don't know what it means. But blah, it's blah, funny. Blah. Yeah. Um, uh, then where do we go from here? So Doug's like, well, he's Doug's back like, in the apartment, right? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to make this my personal anthem. And he goes up to his house, the apartment, and he like, puts it in the CD player and like, cause they found the CD, so like the, the CD right, that she thrown the out. They found it. Yeah. And so he like, he like straps in the CD player. So you can't just open it, straps himself to the CD player and his like in the, in the room power fist up. And then Marie walks in and is like, what are you doing? Yeah. And this is where he's like, oh, I just want to be treated like a man. And she tells him, uh, I Doug, I do not like this song. I don't. Want well, first she's like, well, it. look, let's talk, untie yourself. And he's like, I can't. And so she has to like be a mom and treat him like a child and untie this knot that he has gotten himself into. Yeah. And then she sits him down and she's like, look, uh, let me tell you about this play that I was in. And then she talks about like what it meant to her to be in it and the messages. And then uh, also kind of compares it to his music and how um, their art, I mean, 
for them speaks to them in different ways. And she's like, it's okay. But, uh, she's like, when I was young, I promised myself that if I ever had children, I would raise them to make their own choices. And then she walks right. out. She also says a couple of things here about how she's like, you know, I understand that this is a, that you feel like this is a message for your generation. She's like, where I'm coming from though, is that our, you know, what we were doing to be, to be rebellious during our generation was pulling people together. Um, and we thought we were uniting against one common cause. Whereas, you know, I listen to your music and it just seems to be driving people apart and not bringing people together. And, but then she leaves it off with, you know, like you said, I, I want you to make your own decisions. Yep. So she walks out of the room. Um, he turns the music back on. Then he listens, stops the CD, goes over to the, uh, like the record shelf, grabs a record, puts it on. Uh, this song, I don't know what the name of it is, but it has the lyrics. Uh, uh, how easy can to, people it's, be so hard? It's heartless? easy to be hard. It's easy to be hard from from hair. Oh, it's from that. Okay, so yeah, yeah. he's listening to this, the hair soundtrack, I guess, and uh, yes. the lyrics are "How can people be so heartless?" He's listening to it; it's really hitting him. Then he takes a CD of uh, "Kill Your Mother," throws it out the window. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I don't know. I guess she didn't see him throw it out but she heard him listening to this music she comes back in with a box of photos and memories like a memory box from her whole life sits him down on the couch and then going into the credits the two of them are just looking at all these memories yeah yeah she's showing him all the things she's done yep um so that's it that's our four episodes for this week uh we will rank them i'm ready to go if you want me to go first yeah yeah go ahead uh number four i have getting by um I think the audio may have played a little bit into it. Maybe if I heard the actual track of the audio would have been a little better, but uh, still pretty weak episode, I think. Um, I mean, Lisa Turtle being in it was pretty cool, but I still have it at number four. <laughs> uh, number three, I put Step by Step. Uh, didn't do a lot for me this week. Number two, uh, one and two were close for me, but I put Where I Live at two, and then uh, the Mating Dance episode of Dinosaurs, I have at number one. Yeah, man, I got a completely different take on, okay. on this week. Um, I think I'm going to put step by step at four. Uh, Dinos at three. Oh, okay. Um, getting by at two. I, I liked it. I thought I liked Marcus's character in this episode. I thought the other thing I need a little bit more fleshing out here is what they're going to do with Darren. And then the the older daughter like had zero in this episode. So mm-hmm. a little bit more from her. But I thought it was a good episode. I liked it. And then I, I thought where I live was great. I thought it was real funny. I thought it was a good episode. I thought I had a good message. Um, I wish the dad's like moral stories were a little bit more like poignant and to the point. He seems to be very like meandering without ever resolving much of his kind of like moral conversation. But, you know, we'll get there. So what do you have? Four, three, two, one, step by step. Then Di- dinosaurs getting by where, where I, I live. live. Okay, got it. Yep. Uh, what do we got going on next week? All four? Again? Yeah. Different. No, four? not all four. No. Let me pull it up. Give me one second. No. Uh, so looks like dinosaurs is on. Oh, okay. So here's a, so let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. So we got family matters season four, episode 20. So that is normal stuff. Dinosaurs is going to go on a little bit of a hiatus. So we actually have, we're going to have to find some time to watch four episodes of dinosaurs between now and July. So we got plenty of time, no rush, but dinosaurs is on a bit of a hiatus. I remember this now. They, they actually like move some episodes around, uh, during the season to different days of the week. And there were some that I don't think that they actually even, uh, showed originally and they only showed them in syndication. So huh. um, we won't have a dinosaurs for a while, but we I, I, we should squeeze in the, the four that are missing between now and then. Um, so Family Matters, season four, episode 20. Uh, nothing in the 830 spot or nothing new in the 830 spot. Getting by season one, episode three in the nine o'clock spot. And then Where I Live, season one, episode three in the 930 spot. So they move Getting By back to nine o'clock and Family Matters is, is back for the... Uh, to, close out the season rerun a step-by-step i'm assuming 8 30 uh yeah i assume okay uh cool so yeah we will be watching those next week uh thank you once again to guru for the theme song yeah thank you guru tgifcast at gmail.com if you want to email us anything follow us at tgifcast for all the updates and uh we're two like we said we're two weeks away from galaxy con so we'll be talking about that a lot next week on the show yeah saturday the 25th that's when you can come see us nine or excuse me 7 45 7 15 7 45 Seven o'clock hour, seven fifteen. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. But hey, come out, get pictures with step uh, with the Boy Meets World cast. Uh, Lots you know, of people. Be, yeah, and there's a like this con for um, I mean for Richmond is stacked with people. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Packed, and they keep even like every every now and then they like just drop somebody new. Like it like 
No one's paying attention. It's it's kind of wild. No cancellations yet, but I mean, we know they always happen like the yeah, week or two before. But, I mean, but yeah, it's still though. They're doing they're doing well. So and wrestling's back, which I'm excited for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, there's going to be actual live wrestling. I don't know how. I don't know if it's going to be as much as it was the first year. No, first I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. So like two shows a day. Wasn't it like two shows a day then? Uh, maybe just one show a day. But they've got like wrestling panels in the ring, like throughout yeah, the yeah. whole thing. So there's wrestling there's stuff lot, going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of wrestlers. Mick Foley. I mean, we're still going to try to get Mick Foley to do a picture with the cast from Boy Meets World. Yep, we'll make it happen. All right, cool. Um, we'll talk about it more next week, though. So. Yeah, definitely. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right, Steve. Have a good week. You got it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Two guys on a Friday. It's Friday night. Yeah. T-G-I-F. Yeah, it's Friday night. And the mood is right. Gonna have some fun. Chill, you always done. And we're gonna party up to the Sunday morning. Yeah, it's fun time. Two guys on a Friday. is the show tonight. We're about to hit the moon. It's the show tonight. And we're gonna have some fun on the show tonight. Big show, big fun on the show tonight. And it's time to hit it up. Let the fun start. I'm a bop, I'm a bop, I'm a bop on. Let the beat start. And it's time to have fun. Let the beat go. And it's time to have fun. Fuck the show tonight. Yeah.